0: log Talk Radio.
1: This is one mic.
0: Can we be real? That's right, I'm going to stretch
1: the line of the people. Now, if you step on the line, I'm going to say something about it.
0: This is one mic. This is one mic for
1: How you living, P.A.D.? How you living,
0: man? I'm doing good, man. I I spent exactly 17 minutes putting together my brackets yesterday, and I feel real good about it. I have a few shockers, as always. I've grown a reputation of, of really having a long shot, and yeah. and yeah. I haven't had a lot of success with it. I'll be honest. It's been a couple of years since I've had some really good success in my brackets. Probably 2010. I got some good picks this year. I'm ready to share them. Uh, PAZ, who was the team that you were kind of gun-shy about? <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. oh You got old minutes mm-hmm. to well, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my final eight, uh, when you add up all the seeds for the eight teams, in the um, Elite Eight, man. they add up to 40. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> talk talk me about the Elite Eight. <laughs> Tell me about that. We, 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 We're on our
1: way. We still got two days. Oh, we days. Let's see if We can't count mm-hmm. these
0: students. Oh, oh, the flash screen is on. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> let me answer your question. Teams I can't trust, so Syracuse. Syracuse is a, is, is a three seed right now. Stay away from them. I I actually think Syracuse loses in the first round um, to a four seed. Yep. Ooh. Another team. Another team that I'm advising against. Uh, the teams that I think they're going to lose in the first round. VCU is a five seed. Syracuse is a three seed. Those are my headliners. PHD, break it down.
1: Now, that was our own Phil T. PHD. If you listen to our pre-tourney show yesterday, I shared that full drop. You can go to realsportsguys.com. You can also catch it on iTunes. Uh, We did it. It was hilarious because, as I mentioned yesterday, this is a person, if you know him, he's meticulous um he's he pays attention to detail um on the surface you would see you would think that he is going to play the percentages uh, but he informed me that he's even in his research he takes chances and so today we have the man the myth the legend Phil T PhD in the building and uh welcome brother how you doing
0: I'm okay man I'm over here blushing uh, given that my uh, elite eight last year, the seeds added up to 45. I've I've improved this year. They added up to 26. But I'll be honest and say that uh, some of them lost in the first round. One, two of them lost in the first round of my elite eight. So I, uh, it's been a tough go.
1: So so let's start there. And this is a welcome to real sports guys. Real sports guys. Dot .com one mic uh this is our this is a short track uh podcast just recapping yesterday and kind of looking a little bit to today and um as you know for the one t- one mic i try to bring on just some of our uh great people in the RSG family and Phil T's here with us today to just unpack what we uh we saw yesterday with some amazing games so so those two that lost talk to me talk to me a little bit about who lost and what your what in in those losses you took in – and just describe those experiences or games and your um what you you came away with when you looked at it, even though the picks didn't work out for you. Talk about those two losses yeah. that you you took those major
0: ones. well, you know on the big show on Tuesday with uh u i and marcus i I talked about what one of my philosophies is, and one of my big philosophies with the bracket is take a look at those teams that the pundits don't even feel like they deserve to be in the field of 68. They feel like, how the heck do they get in? And the two teams I named this year was Texas and UCLA. But I went against that. I went against that. You know, on Tuesday I said, hey, think about buying stock in those two teams, at least in the first round. So I had SMU going to the Elite Eight. And who did they lose to? They lost to UCLA in the first round. So I'm kind of kicking myself because – you know, last year I spent seventeen minutes on my brackets. This year I spent sixteen minutes. So I try not to overthink it, but I certainly did in this situation. Um, the other team that I had an elite eight that lost in the first round was Baylor. And that's something I think a lot of people are gonna get beat up on. But the SMU pick was something that, you know, was kind of my gamble and it just didn't work out.
1: When you think about, it, and, and we, we all the a can't-trust-it list, and, and um, you know, I think a team that's been added to that can't-trust-it list is Texas. It seems like they 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 look good in the airport. They've somewhat, <laughs> even with all the things they might have gone through this season, they've underachieved. Um, do you, how long do you think Barnes keeps his job there? I mean, and so it, it, along with that, what, what, what teams disappointed you on day one? So Texas disappointed me. What te- teams disappointed you on day one in terms of you just expected more uh, from them and their performances? Um, who were those disappointments?
0: Well, um, SMU was clearly one. Um, I It's tough for me to say that a number 12 seed disappointed me by losing, but Warford did. I felt that they have the talent and the experience to beat Arkansas, and they came close, but it just did not happen. Another team that disappointed me was Purdue. Um, Purdue lost to a Cincinnati team that's been through a lot this year, um, and Purdue just didn't seem to have this energy that we're used to seeing with Matt Painter teams. Uh, they were sluggish, um, but the thing that really surprised me was their struggle on the defensive end, especially in the last couple of minutes of the game, man. Uh, Purdue has yeah. in the Big Ten where they beat, you know, some high-quality teams in conference. But then, you know, if you take a step back, they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost this year too. Um, and I just, although it's an 8-9 matchup, statistically those are the two closest teams in each in each region that the uh, election committee sees. I, I just saw Purdue more of an upside of a 4-5 seed and Cincinnati more of a true 10 seed. So I just really thought that Purdue was going to run through that matchup.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, I felt like, um, you know, Purdue, uh, with their inside presence, when I, I saw them in a Big Ten tournament, I felt like, wow, they're going to be hard to handle because they got some bigs who could be physical. And in some ways, you know, they can win ugly. I didn't have them going far, but I felt like they should have beat Cincinnati. And uh, And I was asking some people last night whether or not, you know, There's two – I mean, in Indiana, you know, you lose two legendary coaches and you got to ask yourself, you know, are the current coaches in a good situation? Should those programs be farther given who they are and their history, especially Indiana's having the ability to recruit talent, you know, should they be farther along in their own development? And, uh, you know, I like Painter as a coach. I think he's a right – you know, you're talking about Katie. I think he he continues that lineage of Katie. But, you know – what are going to be the expectations over the next couple of years um, with that? And I think Baylor, you know, I think Drew, um, you know, and Gottlieb, that's his guy, but I think he's, his teams have underperformed. They got much more talent. um, And, you know, Baylor just does not, you know, they remind me now, they like the Kansas of the South, you know, they just, again, they look good and they look good on paper. They should be good and they just, you think they should be able to do more. And I don't know – they don't look like they have a lot of imagination sometimes or they just make mistakes that you shouldn't make. But it just – it seems like they should – I'm not saying that they should be a Final Four team, but they always feel like they should at least be a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 and then a couple years make a run. You know, that's my expectation for them. They're not someone who gets bounced in the first round. I think they should have the expectation to always make it to the second weekend and then always have a chance in that second weekend to go. I think they're that kind of program right now on a consistent basis. But they just don't seem to always do it, and um, so you know I think you know Drew is someone that we have to pay attention to, and you know how many more because once you build an expectation of a program, and I think at Baylor they expect to be good in basketball, right? Even all all the stuff he took them out of, you know, all the scandal, all the stuff he took them out of. I think they got to a point where I think they have expectations about how they should perform uh, in this in this uh, in this space. I think uh, a, a team that I was in the same thing about Purdue that I wasn't quite sure how they were going to enter the tournament is Ohio State. And I didn't know how to deal with them. Um, but it was, you know, watching them play with the energy they played with um, was yeah. was interesting uh, to watch it. But we had a great conversation last night about Thad Mata and, like, you know, where is he as a coach? Because I don't see him as a guy. I see him as having, I, it was hard to judge him because I don't see. I've never said they won the game because of the way he coached. Like, there are times when you see Coach K and some certain <laughs> coaches, you like, he made adjustments that won this game. I never watched yeah. him, and maybe I, you, you watch in Ohio a little bit, more. I never see Thad Mata as somebody you win a game because he made an adjustment. You know, um, and so I don't know where to put him as a coach and where his program's supposed to be. Yeah. But I, I wasn't quite sure what to think about them.
0: Th- Thad Mata, I mean, taking yesterday aside, Thad Mata puts me in the mind of a guy who landed the one big prize of a decade in Greco. Mm. Yes. And, I mean, you can look at his career, and, yes, he had success before that. um, But he took that Ohio State team. They almost won a national championship, lost to Florida. But he had two first-round talents on that team. And he's kind of still living on that success. Uh, Perhaps that's not fair, given that he's won one or two Big Ten championships since Odin has left. He's also, you know, taken some teams that had less talent, like this year, to the tournament. Um, But at one point, I think he was ascending to be in that group of elite coaches. Uh, At one point, I saw him and um, the guy at, uh, Kansas, can't think of his name right now. Uh Self is kind of mm-hmm. emerging, but Self has won a couple of chips since then. So, um Mata is a guy that within the industry is going to be perceived as very credible just because of his coaching tree that he has produced mm-hmm. in a short time. Um and and he's always a factor in terms of landing top recruits, but um I need to see another deep run before I put him in that upper echelon of coaches. I agree.
1: So when you look at performances uh, yesterday, and you want to say, you know, which player for you kind of planted his flag, or kind of made a statement like, you know, I'm here and I'm going to be tough to 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 deal with. Did you did you see um, you know any players in your mind that kind of for you, um, were able to just plant their flag and say, you know, I'm about to put my team on my back and, you know, we're going to make a run.
0: Yeah, I would (laughs) – there's a couple of kids that fit in that boat for me, but I would say nobody did it more than the guy from uh, Grant from Notre Dame. And it wasn't his strongest game um, yesterday in the tournament, but – I watched that entire first half before moving away, and there was a point where he scored nine straight points against yep. a Northeastern team that had some fight and was ready to take him on. And when he did that, he drew their best perimeter uh, defender into foul trouble in the first half. And I think that gave the rest of his team a lot of confidence and a lot of safety. Hey, this is a guy that's leading us in scoring. As a two-guard, he led the conference, the ACC, and assists. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is, this is a very dynamic guy who creates a lot for his other teammates but can clearly get to the basket himself, and he's a, a, a shrieky shooter as well. I was looking at some draft boards, and at the three I looked at, on average, he moved up 10 to 15 spots just based on his performance wow. between the ACC tournament and yesterday. Um, he's a guy that I think can continue, um, you know, if if he has success next round against Butler. I mean, this is a guy that I think is really going to emerge into the national scene. Another guy for me <laughs> is the Hunter kid at Georgia State. I mean, the whole yeah. situation with his dad, with the Achilles, and him falling off of his stool on the side of the uh <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> I mean that was funny, man, but <laughs> I mean it was like, like 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 the coach gets a pass for that. His son hits a game winning <laughs> jump shot and he gets so excited he falls down. It's okay, it's all forgotten. It's cool. You know, he actually gets cool points for it. But, you know, Georgia State and Hunter, the coach and the player, I think, are the story of the tournament so far. In addition
1: to one of the sneaky picks that I had. Well, I, it, I think and I, I love that, and I would add to it. You know, a team, and I like him as a coach, and and he he he's connected to the legendary coach of that program in terms of his enthusiasm uh, um, uh, for the program. Um, but uh, uh, NC State, watching the last night, it was a great game with uh, against uh, yeah. uh, L- LSU. I mean, I think it was just oh my goodness, it was a great game uh but you know barber and um you know and, and that crew um in the way they play um you know i think they have a, a energy there and uh particular uh particularly barber in in the in the ability to fill up buckets um they got players who can go on a roll and and do some things and uh i think he might be someone that can uh get some stuff done and can go on a run and, uh, and, uh, was it, uh, 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 uh what's the what's the coach Gottlieb or, uh, or, um, uh, he used to be on, he used to be a, 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 commentator, uh, his energy, he's got that kind of, yeah, uh, Gottfried, yeah. he's that, he's got that, he's got that energy. He's, he, he reminds you of Valvano and, and he's a good sneaky coach. Like, he's going to make adjustments, but I think Barber and that – that's the kind of team you could have one player just, you know, hit 25 in the next game, you know, against Villanova uh, and start going on a little run because they got that kind of talent that you just um, can go. But I love your picks as well. Um, so, as you think about the, the Why you laugh like that? Why you laugh like that? <laughs>
0: you can't say you love my picks. So first round, I went eight and eight. I pick eight winners, yeah. I pick eight losers. And Devon, like I said on Tuesday in the big show, with me you got to figure out which of my gems are counterfeits and which one is that real legitimate quarter. So in this situation, yeah. just in yesterday's games alone, I predicted that five double digit seeds would win. And yeah, I I'm them right now. Right, <laughs> I I picked that Texas would win. Wrong. I picked that Warford would beat Arkansas. Wrong. I picked that Harvard. Ooh, that was the that was my date in the last year. I picked that Harvard would beat North Carolina. They came so close, but I was wrong. Um, I picked that Eastern Washington was going to be Georgetown. Wrong, but I got one right. I said UAB was going to beat Iowa State.
1: And, and you got NC State as a ten because they, they are. Oh no! Well, yeah, you got NC State as a ten seed. No, nah, that's
0: they're the an eight. correct. They're
1: correct. An eight seed, nah, Oh, NC, oh they, NC State's an eight
0: seed. I got UAB. Oh, eight seed. Oh, State. yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's three
1: fourteen, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's right because I, I got to add a point on there. So that yeah, that, I got to add a point because you got two points plus I had yeah, that's, they were an eight seed. So yeah, so they were a single yeah. Well, I said I liked your pick for your players, not necessarily your pick for the for the tournament. Because you at a certain point I looked at the list you were at, you 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 were at the top of the list of the standings, and then you just drop like you drop like a <laughs> bad stop. You you drop like you drop like empire uh at, with the with the scandal you you dropped like you watch hostile lies why they how they how they got the uh, uh in this last episode they got that company stock to drop you your stock dropped. Right. you i was like at the top right. i look at about so it was like at mid-afternoon you at yeah mid mid-afternoon you were you were you were you were at the top i was like i can't say nothing to him he gonna be on the air tomorrow and then i looked yeah. at the end of the day you were back at your appropriate yeah. position
0: yeah just wait <laughs> uh- my my picks will always bring me back, you know, to the uh, bottom third. Uh, just just wait, just wait till the day is over. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna
1: come back to you. Gonna come back to the pack.
0: I was oh, proud I, of I, you,
1: three. man, for a minute. <laughs>
0: eh, well, you know, Devon, um I have three one seeds at least in this pool. I have three one seeds going to the final four. Um yeah. And like I mentioned, my elite eight. The total seeds of all the elite eight that I pick adds up to twenty six. Versus last year was forty five. So, yeah. you know, and really, man, even though I went eight and eight, uh, you know, the game changer always says, "Well, after the first weekend, how many of your Sweet Sixteen do you still have alive?" Well, after <laughs> after one day, uh, five of my Sweet Sixteen. Our living, <laughs> yeah. So, but hey, I, I I did get UAB right, and that's the one I'm gonna hang my hat on. So,
1: so given, so given what just happened, as we turn our attention to the games coming on here uh, now, starting here to now, given on what happened yesterday, what do you see as some important games that we got to pay attention to, given given the results yesterday? Uh, in terms of potential runs. Uh, do you see any games you're going to pay close attention to, given the results you look, you saw on Thursday?
0: Yeah. Um, I've got two big seeds, uh, high seeds, I think are going to make upsets today. Um, so, Louisville. I think Louisville is primed to get beat by this UC Irvine team. You see, Irvine. They have a big guy in the middle that's like seven five, seven foot six, something like that. Um, who knows how big of a difference he like he'll make? But um, I think you see Irvine beats Louisville today. The big, big upset. The big upset. Belmont beating Virginia. A two seed mm. to a fifteen seed. I wow. watched Belmont play. They've beaten an ACC team this year. They've beaten they have beaten an SA, SEC team. They have a top thirty RPI, which is very odd given that they play in a smaller conference. Um, this is a higher quality team. They have three transfers from BCS conferences, including a young man that started his career at Virginia, who has become an All Conference player at Belmont. I just. Given that I've watched Belmont play four or five times this year, and we had uh, Coach Bird on a couple of years ago, because um, they, they have made a move to a bigger conference. They were from a small conference, not to mm-hmm. now they're in a the mid-major. Um, I think Belmont is – they play a style of ball that we saw Davidson play a few years ago when they had Steph Curry. They don't have a player as dominant as Steph Curry, but they play this this pick-and-pop, four guys out, one in. All five guys on the court can shoot it from 15 feet and out. Um, I think they're going to give Virginia a tough time. Virginia, you know, they were a top four or five team all year. and They had sound and mm-hmm. stretch. But Virginia, they struggle to make buckets, man. They're a heck of a mm-hmm. defensive pl- a team. But... For them to be so good, I'm curious how they only lost a handful of games because they struggle at times to get buckets, and they don't get a lot in transition, man. So it hasn't happened much. It's only happened five or six times in the history of the tournament, but I think we're going to see a two-seed lose to a 15-seed and, set.
1: And, you know, basically, I mean, they're like the Wisconsin of the East, and that's a style that was brought there, uh, you know, under Dick Bennett, now his son, is is playing the same style at Virginia? Um, they defend, they they control your angles, but sometimes they can be like they're like a good running football team, right? You get down, getting down two touchdowns for a team like that is like being down three touchdowns, four touchdowns when you can't throw, right? So that's their that's their struggle. And if you get a team like that, they, like Belmont, that can get up, who's not scared, got some older folks who ready to compete, and they get up. It's kind of like when Davidson got up against Wisconsin years back, right? When you knew once they were up 15, Wisconsin, the way that Bo played back then, he didn't—he wasn't allowing them to play free enough to actually cut back because they were so defensive right. focused. And so I think I see Virginia in that same, you know, as people who watch Wisconsin closely, I see some of those similar issues. You know, even when they had Tucker at Wisconsin, offensive players, they still were hampered because of the style and the the freedom to improvise is not there for, through the coaching methods, right? Uh, so they got players, but they don't. You don't ever see them use it, so they don't score. And if you get down, that's a that's a tough thing for my team is. And I had a chance to watch them play uh, in person, and I got the tickets, and I was like, well, you know, Dr. Jackson's giving me these tickets. He didn't really want to go. Why am I going to watch Buffalo? And then Hurley was coaching, and Buffalo is going upset, and they play. They were leading Wisconsin. At Cole Center, at half, I think they had a lead, uh, I believe, on Kentucky at the half. And if you watch him play, it's like he got a whole bunch of Hurleys out there scrapping. And they got several guys who can score in double figures or average close to double figures, um, led by Justin Moss. But they, they get after it on the glass. They're not afraid to bang. They just scrap. And I think that's the kind of, and they're going to come with a chip on their shoulders. And I think they have they believe in the coach because they know the coach has been there, and I think he's a great communicator. And I have them actually going two rounds um, here uh, to end up against Kentucky. So I'm excited to see if that comes true. And then I, I'm thinking you're going to see Hurley coaching somewhere else next year. But if you watch them, the uniforms look just like the uniforms look like just like Duke. If you didn't look at, you think Duke was on the court. Um, but that team that <laughs> competes. That team competes. Got a little funk in them. They play. They they they. Yeah. Their personality reflects Hurley, um, in the same way you're talking about. Wow. And then I'm excited to watch Wichita State. That's another team. I think after what they experienced last year, I think it's going to be one year removed from what the, you thought they should have done last year. They're going to do this year. They got a veteran squad. I'm excited to see them uh, play um, against Indiana, um, and then possibly compete against Kansas um but uh which States game I'm going to be excited and obviously my badgers uh I'm looking forward uh do what's up my man do your thing man see you in class on monday uh love that young man uh but uh I'm excited about that and then Michigan State um we are um uh uh I want to see what Izzo is going to do with that group um as we are uh moving forward so those are some games I just want to watch uh because even if uh Virginia gets past Belmont, when I think you're right about that, I think Michigan State going to get them. Because Michigan State is a mirror them in terms of defense, but their offensive firepower is exactly what you say Virginia doesn't do. You know, Izzo gives them that freedom offensively to do what they do. So this is that short track, man. You know, you know, um, you know, know. I, I know I started the show with that drop. <laughs> and I give you a hard time, man. You had a lot of fun with it. but You know, I, I hope you – you know, on the on the one mic, what I try to do is display the talent that um, you know many of my 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 colleagues on the show. I was with DJ Slick last night um, talking about you and everything else. He's got some stuff he's mixing up right now. Um, but enjoy the tournament. Have a great time. You know, we'll check in again to recap here uh, again. But Phil T., as always, brother, I thank you for your contribution, your knowledge, and for being who you are.
0: Thanks, man. If this was PTI reality, we had to come back in and uh, do a fact check. I got Belmont mixed up with what they did last year. They did not beat the SEC or ACC this year. Sorry. <laughs> but that's why you are who you
1: are in the tournament.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I want a backhand compliment Yeah <laughs> Right <laughs> I'm getting 2014, 2015 big so stuff That's the problem That's the problem All right, man next time <laughs>